my initial instinct was to let the whirlpool take me away into cocoon-like nether regions of the slumbering void, deeper and deeper down the drain until nothing was left of me but perhaps a faint ghost or shadow of my flickering memory. Like Alice, I would go down the rabbit hole only to re-emerge who knows where. When the realization of absolute nothingness set in, I began to struggle for my life, a fish caught in a net with no chance of escape, a firefly trapped in a mason jar. Despite all the mystical powers and tricks at my disposal, it wasn't every day that you were caught in the dominant grasp and raging tide of a spiraling black hole at the center of the universe. Whether this black hole was literal or figurative was, for the moment, a moot point. I was under the impression that it would do just as much damage if I was floating in the middle of the Milky Way galaxy, or transfixed somewhere in the recesses of my own subconscious mind. The enormous force of this abyss was fully capable of crushing me down to the atomic level, and it took every ounce of mental fortitude I had in order to keep myself together and in one piece amidst the churning gears and chaotic clockwork of absolute destruction. Struggling to recollect the course of actions which had brought me here to this pinpoint of never and forever, an image of the white clown entered my mind like a beacon. I'd been trying to mentally contact the wise elder regarding the recent disappearance and presumed death of the yellow clown, when out of the blue, though pun intended, I'd been exiled in the blink of an eye to this all-encompassing territory of entropy and death. A rushing vacuum had overtaken my senses as an exhilarating wave of traveling great distances sent my perceptions of time and space spinning head over heels. I'd barely had enough time to erect a protective force field around myself before awakening to the massive and unyielding nothingness before me now. My head was spinning and I was about to find out if you could throw up or lose your lunch in the complete void and vacuum of outer space. Yet, mysteriously, someone or something did not want me making contact with the white clown, who himself had been off the radar so to speak in the two weeks since the death of the yellow clown. I know what you might be thinking to yourself right about now. What's all this talk of clowns got to do with anything? Allow me to introduce myself. Until a few years ago I was a mild-mannered bartender and rock-climbing enthusiast, who secretly wanted to be a chef, and who, one day, surprisingly found himself initiated into an ancient order of cosmic beings known simply as the Assembly of Clowns. Believe me, I thought it sounded pretty ridiculous at first too. To be honest, it's still kind of silly and I find myself giggling from time to time at the sheer audacity and suspension of disbelief in it all. Reality has jumped the shark, so to speak. Long story short, I'm sure we'll get into more details as the story progresses, if I don't get eaten by a supermassive black hole in the meantime, with this admittance into the assembly of clowns I discovered a great array of marvelous new powers at my disposal. With extensive practice and focus, I could control the elements, read people's thoughts, walk through walls, levitate objects and even teleport myself through time and dimensions. Not to mention all the cool martial arts prowess I acquired during my extensive training. Needless to say I could easily defeat Bruce Lee with one hand tied behind my back and probably give Neo from the Matrix movies a run for his money. It's not fair and believe me I sometimes feel guilty that something within my genetics or spirit or cosmic vibrational frequency allowed me greater access into the inner sanctum of the ancient clown mystery school. In a world full of superheroes and villains, I and my clown compatriots were arguably some of the most powerful beings alive. We're galactic ambassadors of time and space, after all, straight out of a comic book or the most ancient ideas of mythology, however you decide to look at it. Before you get this mental image of me with puffy red hair and a bozo the clown nose, allow me to ease your cholerophobia. Though I can change my appearance with a thought, I generally wear attire that resembles something between a ninja, monk and pirate, all decked in blue, hence my title as the blue clown. People can laugh at me all the want but in the end they're usually doing it through a straw and with a broken jaw. Though we all dress differently with our own styles and tastes, the red clown is red, the green clown is green, 
the black clown is black, the white clown is white, and until recently, the yellow clown was yellow. Mousegate to your roll call. None of us actually appear as clowns, of course unless we wanted to, which to my knowledge none of us ever did. We're not part of a Stephen King nightmare fantasy, though right about now I felt like I was. The black hole was, at least for the moment, holding me in a state of total mental suspension and physical suspended animation. I guess we should take a brief moment before imminent death here to speak, you and I, of the true history of clowning. Not the textbook history of course, but the secret history which dates back many thousands of years before that Jesus Christ fellow came upon the scene, or Loki had put on his horns. The role of a clown wasn't just thought of as a joke teller and buffoon, but more along the lines of a shaman and top advisor to the king and queen whose counsel was considered equal to that of the royal priesthood. Since ancient Egyptian times and before, clowns have been master spies, assassins, tricksters and even healers with powerful methods at their disposal beyond most mortals. If they were first-rate and bona fide, they served as intermediaries between this reality and the next, often transcending the mundane knowledge of this world through tactics of laughter and humor. They are psychopomps and travelers and alchemists between worlds, much like Thoth, or Hermes, or Mercury. They were philosopher-magicians who spoke great truths and wisdom with their joke-telling. I don't claim to have all the insight as to how the assembly of clowns became a cosmic order, how old it actually is or why it formed, but I do know it dates back several thousands of years and that the white clown himself, currently the oldest member of our brotherhood, is believed to be at least 500 years of age. Me, I'm only 33 and have been a clown roughly 5 years, which makes me the newest member of the group and a rather ignorant pup by comparison. I have enough humility to admit facts such as that, particularly at times like these when I'm being swept into an intergalactic vortex. As of this minute, which seemed to stretch for eternity, I was using every ounce of my focused power and determination in order to keep myself from being pulled asunder in a million different pieces and directions by a raging tear in the fabric of space and time. Perhaps worst of all, Inexplicably and for no reason I could adequately explain, the Bonnie Tyler song Total Eclipse of the Heart was plowing through my head like a runaway freight train. Of all the Pink Floyd, Zeppelin or Doors songs which could be stuck in my brains at a time like this, I had to have my internal cerebral imagination station tuned to bad 80s easy listening. It wasn't fair. I turned my rage into alert will and began to make slight headway over the unbelievably powerful, raw magnetic and gravitational pull of the black hole which sought to devour me. I felt myself being pulled apart by the roots and core on a vibrational and harmonic level. Subtly, ionized and radiated tentacles of primordial soup stretched out to claim my arms and legs as I frantically grasped for the mystical sword tethered to my back. Hacking and slashing with the relentless precision of my amazing weapon, Ignis, the sword of cosmic fire, I momentarily freed myself from what almost seemed to be living tendrils emerging from within the core of the black hole itself. I'm no expert but pretty sure Stephen Hawking never said anything about this in his books and lectures. Nor H.P. Lovecraft and the monsters of elder gods and time beyond memory. The line between science and sorcery was very thin, a clown knew that better than anyone, but this situation was beginning to take on too many horror movie undertones. With that being said, as if bellowing from deep within the recesses of a slimy, gaping mouth, the black hole monster squealed and gurgled with what sounded to be hunger pangs. A tiny morsel I might be, but I was definitely on the menu tonight. As I pushed harder against the wild force with the power of both my own strained mind and will, more tentacles appeared with dizzying speed. I was fighting a war on multiple fronts and would soon be pulverized to chicken nuggets if I didn't devise a plan quickly. I felt like a cosmic cow being milked as the Milky Way and all the galaxies combined themselves pushed down upon my body, and my mind, and my heart and astral being. Thankfully, 
As the blue clown and a card-carrying member of the sacred order, the inner sanctum is always available to me with a subtle breath and psychic mantra. I found myself able to briefly escape to this mystical totem and realm of pure mana and metaphysical healing and regeneration once again. Though my options were few and I was quickly running out of time, I couldn't help but to be concerned that my fellow clown brethren were in grave danger. They had become my family over the past few years, but what would be considered subjective time, and I understood the importance of keeping all the clowns of the combined color spectrum working in conjunction and in harmony with the proper flow of time, energy, frequency and wavelength. Whatever mighty force had sent me here on a mere whim and twitch of Elizabeth Montgomery's perfect little bewitched nose was using some extremely powerful mojo indeed and might just be holding the white clown hostage and likely be responsible for the death of the yellow clown as well. While I'd experienced some crazy things in the past few years, this was already shaping up to be something a little beyond my expertise and pay grade. A lurching tentacle grasped at my leg, and another at my waist, emanating what felt to be radiation burn. With agonized reflexes I cut them away, Ignis glowing with an eerie luminescence that would make Luke Skywalker proud. Pardon my pop culture references, I think I'm about to die and be pulled apart and cannibalized by a supreme cosmic force of which I had very little reference points, inadequate training, and did I mention that fighting a physic black hole monster at the center of all time and space was way beyond my pay grade? I should at least be getting time and a half for this. The black hole, this creature, was too colossal to try and fight on its home turf, especially in my compromised state, and it quickly became apparent that the only alternative was to harness all my energies into one last-ditch effort of retreat. As a wise man once said, I'm sure, I'd rather be a coward who gets to see another sunrise than a hero rotting in the belly of a beast. And if that isn't an actual quote, you can quote me, the official blue clown of the 21st century, often imitated but never duplicated, and about to die a terrible death unless I get really resourceful right about now. Suddenly a torch appeared within my hand, at least my astral hand, and I found myself walking along a narrow and darkened cave corridor, studying ancient cave art, not only from prehistoric Earth, but hundreds of other planets and realities and dimensions as well. It filled me with a certain calm and focus and I sought to realign my mind and intellect with my body and soul and abilities. I took some deep breaths, despite the fact there was no oxygen in outer space. Though I don't so much utilize the powers of magic as I do mysticism, with every last iota of energy in my being I devised a spell and concentrated on the location I sought to teleport myself. There were very few people I could trust with the responsibility and burden of being a clown, so I focused all my attention on reaching out to one of these individuals, crossed my fingers and hoped for the best. I visited the sign of the rose and the cross, hoping for a little luck. Chances were, returning to the earth I knew, hence my own reality, would take an enormous amount of strength from my reserves. I hated to admit it but after this particular beating and humiliation, I was probably going to need somebody to take care of me for at least a 24-hour period. Like angry weeds from Little Shop of Horrors, more tentacles tried to pull me down into the chasm of the black hole, with my fateful sword, Ignis, madly cutting them down as if possessed with a mind of its own. I intently focused on a repetitive mantra, there's no place like home, there's no place like home, there's no place like home, and charged myself full of all the humble yet vast powers at my disposal. The burning tentacles kept reaching out for my tender appendages as booming moans called for flesh and blood and bone, not to mention the desire to devour my mind and soul. Electromagnetic energies built up alongside spiritual energies, and in another crucial moment I clicked my heels together three times and fought with my entire valor against the tumultuous pull of the black hole monster at the heart of reality that almost had me for lunch. 